Welcome, children. Ghostman, your horror host here. Are you jealous of your next door's garden? Well, this story may make you more afraid. His Neighbor's Garden by Ron Ripley. Larry hated his next-door neighbour. He had ever since. He and his wife had moved in ten years ago before. And since Janet had left him at Christmas, the hatred had only increased by leaps and bounds. Larry stood in his kitchen, coffee mug in hand, as he looked out of the window behind the sink. From this position he could see over his weather-stained lawn furniture and down into Joan's garden. It was a proverbial riot of colour. Hundreds of brilliant and various shaped flowers spilled out of the narrow beds. Long stems and broad leaves fluttered in the gentle summer breeze, even though the even through the glass of his window, even through the glass of his window, Larry imagined he could smell the sickening sweet aroma of blossoms. He took a drink, found the coffee had grown cold, and spit it into the sink. Angrily, he emptied a mug, rinsed it out, and shoved it into the dying rack, drying rack. He looked into Joan's garden again and saw the woman's mongrel dog, a creature a mix between a pug and a beagle, wandered along the path made of Belgian paving stones. There he watched furiously as the dog near the invisible barrow boundary between his yard and Joan's. The dog hesitated, then made his way to Larry's high yard, dragged over to his favourite Arodak chair, and proceeded to enumerate on it. Pure, unhindered rage filled Larry. He turned away from the sink. His bare feet slapped against the cold tile of the floor, and when he reached the back door, he ripped it open. A knob slipped out of his hand, banging loudly off the wall. Larry pushed the screen door open, stomped down the steps and into the yard. The dog saw him, his tail dropping down between his legs. Larry watched as it scurried back into Bones yard, vanishing beneath the bright yellow furniture bush. Oh, no, you don't. Larry hissed, chasing after it, and followed the path. The paving stones painfully cold beneath his feet. Larry mumbled, muttered to himself, get down on his hands and knees, and peered under the bush. The dog slipped away, vanishing through the branches of the far side. With a grunt, Larry pushed himself up, his stomach getting in the way momentarily, and realization how, how fat it made him made him angrier.
His blood pounded into his head. He went through the bush and saw the dog. His tail had curled up. The dog looked at him as if he was taunting him, telling him to go further into town's well manicured grown large yard. Try and hide, you little mutt. Larry spat. He hurried over the dog after the dog, travelling deeper into the garden. The dog wove through trees and large bushes, Barry barely able to keep up within a few minutes. He was breathing hard, looking around to, to come to a stop. Go home, a small voice told him. No, Larry thought. I'm going to teach it a lesson. I won't be coming. Won't be coming back in my yard for a while. While he stood there trying to decide what to do, Larry heard someone singing. He couldn't make the word at the words, but the tone and musicality of the voice pulled at him. Without knowing why, Larry took a full step forward. He tilted his head and listened. Then the song stopped, and the air grew heavier, and the humidity increasing. Why did they stop singing? Larry thought, mumbly, numbly. He staggered to forward, confused. Above him, the tree branches were woven together, leaves blocking the morning sun, putting the entire garden in the deep shade. A pair of lilac bushes appeared in front of him, the dog squirming between them. Larry shook his head and barreled in after it, the branches scratching him and drawing blood. Finally, he stumbled into an open area and came to a sharp stop. He swayed unsteadily on his feet, looking around him. A small expanse and round, encircled by lights, held a little pool which the stone bench beside it. The air was cold, the dog was gone. Carefully, Larry stepped forward. The glade muffled a sound of his footsteps and hid his hoarse breathing from his ears. His angry ears, as he looked around, he realised he'd gone further into Joan's yard than he had intended. Wait, Larry thought, looking around. Her yard isn't there, speak. What the hell is going on? A splash sounded in the water. Larry focused it. Ripples spread out across the surface. And then, when, when Larry neared it, he could see shapes, giant coifers, swim lazily. One great white and yet orange one drifted up to <coughs> and snap at the bug in the water. In the depths of the pool, the fish he thought were small became so incredibly larger, as if the water far deeper than it looked. How deep does it go? Larry wondered. He couldn't see the bottom of the pool. Is it an illusion? Seriously, how the hell is this so deep? On the edge of his vision, Larry saw a shape appear in the water. The fish moved easily along the wall. Far below the levels of the others, the koi scattered the closer it came. As soon Larry was able to discern curly hair, it floated along the creature's head, a strong tail snapping left and right. A koi vanishing, 
vanished. She had been swimming deeper, avoiding the new arrival. The new fish looked up, and Larry couldn't tear his eyes away. What looked like a mermaid was swimming towards him. Her hair was black, her skin pale, her eyes were set apart, set wide, no eyebrows, her nose was small and flat, each lip was thin, pink, thin and light pink. She was topless. She looked, she moved towards him without any sense of decency. Her arms were well muscled and her fingers long, thin and webbed. She swam up to the top of the pole without breaking the surface. Light blue eyes, full of lust and seduction, looked at him. Larry heard a rustle behind him and twisted around. Joan walked into the small glade, a dog beside her, and Larry's anger spite. You need to control your damn dog, Joan. Joan looked at him. You should mind your own business, Larry. Sir Bibbis told me you were running around, chasing him. Sure he did, Larry said. He looked at the woman in front of him. She wore a light blue housecoat, which hung on a small frame. Her white hair was pulled back in a ponytail, and the bones of her face highlighted by the thinness of her flesh and skin. She smoothed out her, smoothed out her raincoat, housecoat with nimble fingers. Free of arthritis. You need to leave now, Joan said. Her voice was cold as the air in the glade. Larry shook his head. No, I don't think so. Not that I know what you have, what you have in here. There. Where? Joan said. Ah. <coughs> oh. He jerked his thumb towards the pond. What the hell is that? Where did you get it? You've seen her? Joan said softly. <coughs> How could I miss it? He, he asked softly. Her name is Nia. <coughs> Joan said coldly. She is most certainly not an it. <coughs> Whatever, Barry said distressedly. Why don't you tell me where you caught it? Anger flashed across Joan's face. I did not catch her. I saved her years ago. Where? Larry asked. I wonder how much someone would pay for Dan Murmur. In the lake in Maine. In the lake in Maine, Joan said. She sat on the ground, patted the dog on its head, and smiled when it climbed onto its lap. Disgusting, Larry thought, shuddering with revulsion. Are there more, any more of them? Undoubtedly, Joe said. How could they not been caught before? He demanded. They are smart, Joan said. And I told you, I didn't catch her. I helped her. She stayed to help. She chose to stay with me. He shook his head. Sure, she did. How did she help her? How did you help her? She was a child, Joan said. Smiling at the pool. Nothing more. I found her lost among the shore. She was sick and I nursed her back to health. Nia's been with me ever since. Not for long. Not for long, Larry said, chuckling. 
Do you have an idea how much money I'm going to make off this little mermaid of yours? She's no mermaid, Joan said coldly. She's a siren, a dangerous creature, meant to and the likes of you. Sure, Barry said, chuckling, chuckling. He glanced at the pool, saw the young girl. As she hovered beneath the water surface, I smiled at her. She returned it and was a promise of a pleasure, if only he could bring her up. I bring you up, Larry thought. Maybe keep you to myself for a while. You need to leave, Joan said. Go, it is in the nature to the round man. I would have you leave this place alive. Sure, Larry said, laughing. Sure, listen, I'm going to bring this little lady up. Out of the water. Maybe show her what she's been missing and then put her in the, on the daytime talk show circuit. Joan looked hard at Larry. Put the dog down and got up to her feet. She took slower, small steps towards him. Her eyes were to match the blue of her hair coat. Larry took, Joan took the hard hook at Larry, put the dog down, and got him to fit her, her to her feet. She took slow, small steps towards him. Her eyes, which matched the blue of her housecoat, never left his face. Larry swallowed uncomfortably, suddenly nervous. Sure, where are you? He said, taking half a bet to bet. You need to stay away from me. Afraid of an old woman, she said softly. I'm 92 years old. How can I be? Afraid stay with me. Stay, stay where you are, he said, taking a hit aspect back. You need to stay away from me. Afraid of an old woman, she said softly. I'm 92 years old. How can you be afraid of me? Joan moved closer with every word until she was no more than a foot away from him. She looked up into his face and gave him a cold smile. Her teeth were small, yellowed with age, and disturbing to look, see close up. I'm married, she whispered. You're trespassing. She pointed at him with a ridiculously small index finger and poked him in the chest. Cold, wet hands grabbed his ankles. Suddenly, Joe pushed him away with both hands, planted firmly on his chest. The dog barked loudly, a sharp, yapping sound. Larry tried to stand, but the hands of his ankles, his ankles pulled, and Joe grabbed two handfuls of his shirt and threw herself against him. He tumbled backward, and Joan would not let go. Together they spilled into the pool, chilly water where Larry's, making Larry's gasp. 
and the right weight of the woman on his chest so creeps down pushed down as the t- uh, Cold and wet, his ankles wrapped his ankles, and Sonny Jones felt quite pushed against him. With both hands planted firmly on his chest, the dog barked loudly, a sharp yapping sound. Now he tried to stand, but the hands on his ankles pulled, and Joan grabbed two handfuls of his shirt and threw herself against him. He tumbled backwards. And Joan did not let go. Together they spilled into the pool, the chilly water making Larry gasp. The weight of the old woman in his dress pushed him down his knee. Her hands really pushed him deeper into the ocean. Larry thrashed about against both of them, the mermaid and the woman. His hands screamed for oxygen as he kicked viciously. Finally, meeting, fleeing his legs of the ears, treacherous tentacles grass, the monk creature grinned at him, latched onto him again, and opened her mouth. But a sharp teeth flashed at him in the curious light of the pole. She pulled in closer. Larry twisted around, lashed out with her foot, and smashed her sarin on the side of her head. Nearly went limp and slowly drifted towards the sun. Mm-hmm. His lungs screamed, pressed like, against both of them, a mermaid and a woman. His lungs screamed of oxygen, and he kicked down viciously, finally, finally freeing his legs from the ears, trying to the grass. The creature grinned at him. Latched onto him again and opened her mouth. Sharp teeth flashed at him in the glorious light of the pool, and she pulled him closer. Larry twisted around, lashed out with her foot, and smashed the sewing on the side of her head. Nina went limb and suddenly drifted towards the unbottom of the pool. Unseen bottom of the pool with the mermaid gone. Larry focused on the old woman, reaching down and grabbing her fingers. He felt her back break as he bent them back, and Larry shoved his white, jumped her under him to, to as he scrambled to the surface. Joan tried to follow up, follow him, keeping up, grasp at him, but Larry continued to kick at him. Eyes bulged with their sockets, and he could see her struggled to hold her breath. He aimed a final blow at her face and managed to kick off her suddenly in the drawer. Joan's mouth opened involuntarily and doubled over as she looked in a great, took in a great lungful of water. Bubbles reached out of her mouth, and she twisted around. Larry watched for a moment as he drifted down, her body still and limp in the water. As he launched himself he, up, freeing himself of the water, Larry took in a sudden gasp of breath. His arms ached and he grabbed hold of the pearl's edge and dragged himself out. Shivers ran through him, his clothes wet and heavy on his flesh. 
Planting, he looked around and looked to the water feature. Cunningly, he kept, he crept all it. Lifted himself up and peered over the edge. In the clear water, there was no sign of either Joan or the mermaid. Oh, thank God, Larry thought. He pushed himself away from the pool, far enough so he could catch his breath without the fear of being dragged in. A whimper reached his voice ear, and Larry looked around. Old woman's voice, Mongol dog, lay inside, convulsing. Her foam clung to his muzzle. Her eyes had rolled back to reveal the whites. Larry sneered at the dog and got to his feet, swaying slightly. There was a sound of something ripping, and Larry turned his attention back to the dog. Walter, there was no sign of either Joan or the mermaid. Oh, thank God. Jerry thought. He pushed himself away from the pool further enough to be, so he could cause, catch his breath without the fear of being dragged back in. A whimper reached his foot here, and Larry looked towards the sound. The old woman's old mongrel dog lay on its side, convulsing, foam clinging to its muzzle, and eyes had rolled back to reveal the whites. Now he sneered at the dog and got to its feet, swaying slightly. There was a sound of something ripping, and Larry found his attention back to the dog. Mungle's fur had been torn along the length of his spine. A black pelt, wet and gleaming, greeted Larry's soldiers. Eyes, the dog, let out a horrific howl. Its coat was shred. Shredded at the flesh beneath as it expanded. Larry's sneer changed to mask of terror as the dog grew. It was no longer a small mixed breed, but a large dog, easy the size of a Great Dane. And when it lifted its neck, there were three heads instead of one. Joan got to her feet, the chero loses. Quivering lips, pulling back to reveal white, jagged teeth. Three pairs of bright yellow eyes looked into Larry, Larry and found and uh, found three deep, powerful howls pierce the air. Larry spun on his hand and heel and ran. When he reached the edge of the Grassol Glade, he fainted. They heard a splash. A moment later, his voice filled the air. The song was arresting, harsh and seductive, all in one breath. Larry reached to, reacted to it instantly, staggering to stop, staggering to stop just before the safety of the branches. He straightened up and entered, listened to Naya's song. This then the beast was on him. The dog slammed into the small of his back. Knocking him to the ground, the air rushed out for Larry's lungs as one set of teeth dug into the flesh behind, around his 
fine. A heartbeat later, he was lifted off the ground, and a dog shaking him as if it was, as if he were a rat. Bones cracked and muscles torn. With a vicious jerk, the dog severed everything in very spine. He couldn't see any more. There he felt everything being dropped to the ground and not even being rolled over onto his back. There he screamed as his teeth flashed onto his shoulder and he was trying to short distance the dog let go. And Larry sobbed, trying to move, but unable to get, do so. I am dying, he thought. Oh, Jesus Christ. He thought thankfully. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm dying. How long? How long is it going to take? Gold wet. Oh, it has. I'm dying, he says frankly. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm dying. How long, how long is it going to take? Then cold, wet hands wrapped around his neck and dragged him into the pool. As they struggled to breathe, a small voice in his head whispered, Not long at all, Barry, Larry, not long at all. The voice was my.